Hi, this is Carol Miller from iHeartRadio's Q1043 in New York, back with you. On this podcast, we give you a taste of authentic local British radio with our friends, presenters Nigel Pierce and Alan Thompson, and their Groove Britain programs sweeping across the UK. This time, Nigel goes in-depth with Les McEwen of the Bay City Rollers. He's got a wild story and a thriving solo career. We'll check it out on this edition of UK Radio. Good afternoon to you. That is absolutely beautiful, and I can't think of a better way to start the show today, because uh, today, for the solid hour, it's Bay City Rollers time. And that means that we're going to have a Bay City Rollers special, and we could have one or two surprises for you. But I'm not going to say what we're going to do. Let's get ourselves together, and let's have Let's Pretend. Well, they said, let's pretend that we can live forever. And I think the Bay City Rollers will as a genuine 70s phenomenon. And we've taken the time to go back today in the studio to Bay City Rollers time for a very, very good reason. We're about uh, eight minutes into Bay City Rollers time today. So uh, I'm going to leave you this, which may seem to signal the way ahead. Absolutely fabulous there. You're listening to Nigel Pierce, Future Radio 107.8 FM, beaming out of Norwich, Swindon 105.5 FM down in the West Country, Radio FM Stockton in the northeast of England, and you're also listening on Q104.3 FM, good old New York, courtesy of Carol Miller, UK Radio and SoundCloud. And I'm very pleased to say we've done it right, we've got the man. We are listening to a basically Rollers special in the company of Les McEwen. Good day to you, Les. Very good morning to you. Good day to you, Nigel. How are you? I'm fine, my friend. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I just um, went on the TV with Lorraine Kelly. Well, one Scots person to another, so you must have felt at home. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Liz, I've um, got to play some tracks in the 20, 25 minutes we've got with you. But first, I just must ask you, because this must be a little bit of more than just Asia View, because there's two fabulous packages out. I mean, I've got the one from Crimson here, which is Bay City Rollers Gold. And then yep. not so long ago, we had the Bay City Rollers Singles Collection. Um, so therefore, you've got two massive collections out, stereotyping, signaling in your work. It must be, you know, just like the good old days. Bay City Rollers Gold is a great... Well, that's fantastic, you know, but how does it feel to you? How does it feel to you? It feels great. Uh, I love the fact that the... The company went and researched and got in touch with fans and to find out what were their favourite album tracks and stuff like that. So we've got all the hits plus all the, the top choice favourite album tracks on that three CD uh, Basic Rose Gold album. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. But as I say, not so long ago, we had Basic Rollers, the singles collection as well. So you've got two, yeah. three CD packages out at very nearly the same time. Yeah, I just... Uh, singles... Co- oh, is that... Um, you know, I don't actually have that. Did that come out in this country, or is that Japan? Yes, I've had. I bought a. Co- I got a copy about uh, two months ago from um, right. Cherry Cherry Red Records. All oh, right, I didn't know that. Oh well, there you go. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. I'll look out for it. But um, Crimson Records it's, it's associated with the BBC, so I'm sure it's going to get a lot more kind of coverage. And also, the singles collection. What the, the sound? What it sounds like to me? It's going to have. A lot of different singers singing different songs and stuff like that. So I'm not very sure that um, 
it's something that I would want to listen to, to tell you the truth. Oh, well, <laughs> there you I, go. The basic rule. Oh, yes. Now, um, <laughs> we've got this gold set, which is absolutely fantastic, but you've never really stopped working, have you? Um, you know, you've... I my got... rehabilitation in 2008, but apart from that, I've been working for four, the last 45 years. And, uh, don't, I mean, obviously, yes, it's... Uh, but how do you feel? Do you feel now that you're in... in Enriching new fans, or are you taking fans that went with you from those heady days in the mid seventies? Well, we've definitely got the fans from the heady days of the seventies, plus our husbands, plus the children who liked what mum was playing on school holidays and when they were cooking breakfast or something. And um, also, there's people who are interested in seeing uh, bands from that era. The seventies is a unique era, and uh, probably one of the only singers left from that time I can't think of many other ones that are still around so I tend to get the curious come in to see us as well which is great I mean mm. uh, my shows are more or less 80, 90, 100% sold out people really love the stuff um, I mean they're coming to relive their, ho- their childhood with special moments and their teenagers a very big part of that I think you've made an integral part. I mean, people don't... It's hard to realise now. I was going to say people don't realise, but I think a lot of them do. But during those heady days in the mid-70s, you actually scaled the heights very nearly to Beatlemania, didn't you? Because your name, your pictures, your photographs, your records, your tours, you were absolutely everywhere. And, um, you know, it was a genuine phenomenon, wasn't it? It was. And, of course, don't forget, we're the only only one of two bands. It was Beatlemania and roller mania, and there hasn't been another one since. You're quite correct. You're quite correct. And, you, and they're both British. And they're both British yeah. and t- took the world by storm. So that is absolutely fantastic. Now, um, going back, I mean, do... You know, they say with the 60s, if you remember it, you weren't there. Yours was a little bit different because you took, you know, the, the ever-bulging teenage market... And, um, you know, your scarves, your symbols, your emblems, your records were everywhere. Did you sort of have any sort of feeling that it would get that big? Yeah, I did. I think after the first record, really, I thought we were on a, you know, a a really nice trajectory to become pretty famous. But I didn't realise just how famous we were going to end up being. Places like America that were a kind of danger for UK acts to go there. Sweet Slade, all the bands from the 70s tried to make it in America. And it was only the basic rollers that succeeded in having a number one over there in 1976, the Saturday Night, which is on this basic rollers gold album. And a very good version of it, it is. Features Les McCune on lead vocals. I would never, I would never have guessed that, Les. <laughs> but uh, when you went to America, I mean, it was such a culture shock in the sense of the way that they deal with their lives over there. It, you know, it's, it's full at you. It's on. It's twenty four seven. I mean, how did you cope with that coming from the wilds of Scotland? You know, you, you take in England by storm. You, you you got a big base in Europe, and now you hop across the pond. And then you take America by storm. I mean, how did you cope with that? I mean, a lot of acts, as you said, just went by the wayside, didn't they? I mean, I'm, I don't mean to sound big-headed or anything, but I just took it in my stride. I, I just thought, we're on a mission. 
on an adventure. Let's see how far we can go, and let's push it as far as, as we can go. I think I was always the, the half glass half full guy in the, in the band, and I always used to push people on to to do things on stage and to to get more active with the fans. Um, Whereas the other guys, even though they were on stage and doing their thing, they were a little bit more introverted than I was. So I, I, I was in my own little world, to tell you the truth. Okay, I was with the other guys, but I was in my own little bubble within a bubble, if you know what I mean. I do. I do. You, you, you sort of were not detached, but you had a little, a little not like a protection ring because you were different. I, yeah. I, I can understand that, and I think I was doing my thing. No, oh, doing your <laughs> thing, man. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Just taking, you know, the Beatles back. Lennon did his own thing. McCartney did his own thing. They all did it. That's so, right. you know, but you and were. They all did it so well. Yes, and I'm not taking anything away from the rollers at all because uh, I think at the time when you were starting up, you took a lot of unfair criticism because of, uh, you know, I think we'd gone three or four years into glam rock and Slade, T-Rex and mud and all that kind of thing and you shot out like a bolt from the blue um, bring, covering the country in tartan and, uh, you know, you actually made, and I've always said it, some very, very, very good records. And um, do you look back on those songs now with still the same, yeah, they were good, or do you just accept the fact that they made part of the phenomenon? I really enjoy singing the songs that I made a hit back in the day. We made a hit back in the day. Um, you know, I tell little tiny stories, usually between a couple of songs about the record. Remember, for instance, is the first song I ever sang for the Basie Rose and recorded that in 73 it was released in January 74 and then you've got Summer Love Sensation was the follow up and then Shang Alang then All of Me Loves All of You which are all represented on Basic Rose Gold on Crimson Records and um, I get a great pleasure at singing these songs now because I've got a sea of faces I've got hundreds of people in the audience that have paid upwards of £30 to come and see us we get the stage filled with tartan. I'm still on tour. I'm in the middle of my tour right now. Um, and, you know, I, I could want a better job. People want me to sing to them. No, that's not bad, is it? That's not a bad job. We got any, got any vacancies? <laughs> <laughs> well, we look at it here, you see, Les, because we're on the radio, we can get into everybody's lives wherever they are. And, um, you know, you've heard from where we broadcast, you know, we, we are syndicated through three or four stations and it's yeah. growing. So, you know, you you haven't just come to invade East Anglia. You know, you will go out across other areas of the country and even to New York. So Yeah, I think I played Folkestone, isn't that near you? Yes, that, well, Folkestone, yeah, it's not too far, but we, we're we um, out in Norwich, out in Ipswich, right out in the big lump in East Anglia that nobody ever seems to want to visit because the winds go right well, through I, you. I visit there uh, <laughs> quite often to see my guitarist. And who's that? Who might that be? That's Phil Hendricks. Yes. And he lives in a little place called Spalding. That's Lincolnshire. Yep, you're you're a bit north of us, but it's in the right area. So we'll give you that it's not one, bad, Les. Though, is it? No, it's yeah, not bad. We'll give we'll give you eight out of ten for that one, Les. All right. <laughs> anyway, now do you? I want to play one track while you're here because I'd like to use the time that we've got. But I built a program about this track about nine months ago, and the program was very very well received. Um, and I actually called the program Rock and Roll Love Letter. Now, I played your song, and I played a lot of rock and rollers, you know, the late 50s, early 60s. 
But I'd, right. like, I'd like to play this or a big chunk of it before, you know, we ask another couple of questions, because I actually think this is one of your, not better songs, but more involved songs, because it had a message behind it, you know, and, yeah. and it had yeah. a message about being a part, get, sending your heart through the post and everything yeah. else. It, it wasn't just an I love you letter. Do you know what I mean? Well, there we go. That belts along, Les, at about 195 mile an hour. Um, great song. I mean, I'd love to play all of it, but, uh, you know, we want to use the time that we've got with you. Does a song like that stand out in your collection? Oh, that song is on the collection. It's on disc number three, track number four, Rock and Roll Love Letter, which I'm composing a new song called Rock and Roll Email to you. Rock and Roll Email to you <laughs> in that case then I'll have to give my email number so you can send it to me or send it to my wife separately because yeah. my wife is a great my wife is a great fan of yours has been from those long heady days and uh, I think it's fabulous for the simple reason is I've always believed Les that a teenager is a teenager in whatever generation they have the same plans the same ideals the same energy uh, it's yeah. just it's just the music that's different for each generation yeah and you summed up a massive generation from, you know, sort of 74 to about 77, 78, when things have to change and move on. But the point was you left behind a glittering pastiche um, of memories, records, you know, sales, um, marketing, etc. You must be very proud of that. I'm very, very proud of that. And uh, I absolutely love the fact that the fans still come out Still support. I still want to relive the days, the same days I want to relive. It's a great little bit of escapism, but it's also a nod to the enormity of of what we all did. It wasn't just the rollers. Without the fans creating the roller mania aspect of the of the whole thing, it was a it was a you know it was a complete package. The fans were all crazy. They all ran around and tar and, and up and down the country. It was, it was, the rollers were just everywhere for a couple of years. Yep, And like were. you said, it was, a, it was a natural kind of thing. It just, the, the fans saw us on the Cracker Jack TV program, took to us and started buying our records. We didn't have huge sales promotions like we do these days and all that kind of stuff. They just saw us, liked what they saw, liked what they heard, and went out and bought that record. And, you know, they, as they say, to coin a very apt phrase, the rest is history. Well, uh, that record they bought is disc, num- disc one, song number one on the Crimson Basic Rose Gold album, and it's called Remember. Yes, that's quite correct. That's a great song of yours, actually, Remember, and I'm just looking for it now because I've got two decks here and I've got them both full of your uh, records. So, as I say, we've got disc an album. number one. Yep. One. Hang on, I'll just see that's this three. Hold on a second. I'll see if I can I know I will play it before we before the program is out. But now the situation comes Well you don't have to play it right now. If you're on this three, let's have a look. I only <laughs> want to be with you. You've got Rock and Roll Love Letter, which you just played. You've got the Way I Feel the Night, which is more of an American side of it. You've got It's a Game, which was a sort of a hit here. Uh, got, uh, the other one yeah. I, the other one I was gonna ask you is another yeah. rainy another rainy day in New York City. That record is so yeah. is so atmospheric, it's so not the wrong. It, it? it is, it's amazing. How how did yeah, that I mean, how did that come about? Well that was um, 
that was the end of the rollers, really. I'd already decided to leave the basic rollers. And um, I think there was a, a, a sort of slight melancholy atmosphere around it. Eric was writing songs and he, uh, he, uh, he, yeah, he, he wrote a good song, basically. Oh, it's a fabulous and, song. And, and I think you can, like you say, the atmosphere, the feeling, the feeling in the voice, the way the music's played, it's all really nice. No, I think that's a, a beautiful song and I think it can... I, I think you can play that now on any radio station and and get a good feeling about it. It isn't typeset. It it, it yeah. is it isn't stereotyped for the teeny market. It's for everybody. And I think yeah, there's another song that is a companion to that song, which is "Don't Let the Music Die." Yes, and that's a fabulous song as well. So you were you were quite capable, or more than capable, of writing a ballad, weren't you? You know, rather than yeah, absolutely. You know, and did you attack that differently? Did you have a sort of of a feeling to write about a song? Because if you're writing "Hey Hey Rock and Roll Clap Clap" and all that, um, that is hysteria that can tend to look at yourself. But if you're writing a song for a mood, do you not take it yeah. as a slightly different attitude? I think it, I think there was that general feeling where because the band was breaking up, there was a melancholy atmosphere around at that time. And so it wasn't so hard to to get into that kind of mindset, if you understand what I mean. I do. It was, in, in general, it was quite, we were quite kind of like sad in a way that it was all coming to an end. Yes, it was, to me, it, seemed, it came across as very self-reflective, may I say. I think you've done it. Yeah. You know, well, look, I know we've got to go because we were very strict for time. But before you go, um, the tour, how is it going? It's fun, great. It really is. I wish I had a list of gigs that I'm doing on me, but I don't. But if people want to find out about the gigs, if you go to the, the concert link on basicrollers.com or lesmccune.com, which is the same place, and click on concert dates, and they can see and even buy tickets if they want to come and see me. I've only got about 22 days left out of this 55-day tour. It's gone really well, and the people who come along, if you like the basic roles, no matter who you like to the band, you're going to enjoy the show. I will see if I can get some tickets, and I'll see if I can take my lovely wife uh, along to see if she can see you as well, well. you, Nigel, don't need tickets because I've gifted you tickets. For which gig? Any gig you choose. I will take you up on that, and I'm, I know my lovely wife will, will, will enjoy that. She doesn't know anything about it, so that'll be a great surprise for that'll her. That'll be a fabulous surprise for your, your true love. There you go. Oh, she's my true love, all right. She's my true love. We all get one of those, and we only get one. So That's right. And obviously, I think I think you can have two, Les, because obviously your true love must be music. Yeah, it is. I've, I, since I can remember, since I... I was singing with my mum when I was like, I don't know, maybe one years old. My mum was a great singer and I was a baby of four brothers, so I got a lot of time with her. And she instilled that love of singing with me and I I just took it. That's all I wanted to do since I can remember the world. Well, that takes a lot of talent and it takes a little bit of luck and i think you've ended up to be one of the luckiest people in the world with doing as you say what you do now before we go you're very like i've got one question for you which is very important because you you've come onto your home roots how do you feel now when you go back home to where it all began i mean i mean the area has changed you mentioned that quite well in strangers in the wind 
But, uh, oh, there's, there there's some fans out there for you live. But how does it feel, Les? It feels great going back to my hometown in Edinburgh. Um, I love to go back there. Sometimes I, I even go on a tour bus to see how Edinburgh is presented to tourists. And I find things that I didn't even know that were in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've taken a tour of the castle uh, and all sorts of crazy things like that. Um, love going up there during the fringe to see all the different crazy theatre shows and bands and all that kind of stuff, which are great. So, yeah, I'm very proud of from Edinburgh. I'm very proud of from Scotland. But I'm a citizen of the world. And it's, it's a globalised world. And I'm happy to be a part of it. And I don't want to be a, a sort of like a nationalist or something. I just want to enjoy the whole world. There's some beautiful people everywhere. And I think you've done that eloquently today because you've made a lot of people listening to our show here on Groove Britain very happy. So, Les, can I say thank you very much for your time. I know it's been very hectic and uh, you, we come straight after you being on TV this morning. I will say goodbye to you, but I'd like you, please, to introduce the next track and then you can go. And I'm going to play The Way I Feel Tonight. So I'd like you to introduce it for our listeners and then I'll play it and then you can go on to your next appointment. Well, can I just say thanks to all your listeners for attending your show and listening carefully and also I would like to dedicate this song to all the fans out there and all the listeners of this show it's called The Way I Feel Tonight. Thank you very much Les, you have a good day, thank you very much for your time. Okay. Bye 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 bye. That was Nigel Pierce speaking with Les McEwen of the Bay City Rollers who is currently on tour. You can hear Nigel along with Alan Thompson on their Groove Britain programs on futureradio.co.uk at 3 p.m. GMT on Sundays and at other times on Community Radio Swindon and Radio Stockton. Check their websites for times. And you can hear more authentic British radio next time here on our UK radio podcast. U.S. production by Paul Logos for PLX Mastering. And this is iHeartRadio's Carol Miller from Q1043 in New York. See you next time here on UK radio.